When Rebecca was a teenager, she fought with her parents, and she wrote about it in her diary. My parents are big, fat asses. They go too far with petty things. They think there is something wrong with us. They got a book called Problems with Teens. But I think they should get a book called Problems with Our Shitty Parenting. That's Rebecca reading from her teenage diary. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This right now is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. How are you doing? It is very, very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Fredericton, New Brunswick, we have a letter written to the future, the true power of rock and roll, a secret crush, and much, much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and like an angsty teenager mad at their parents, it can be opinionated. So think about who you were when you were a kid and stick around. When Julie was 13, she had a crush on a boy named Stephen. It was a crush that lasted all throughout junior high. But, Julie told me, Nobody knew about this crush except for her diary. We're going to hear about it all right now. Please welcome Julie to our stage. January 31st, 1989. Dear Diary, I don't mean to be boy crazy, because I'm not, but I never let it out at school or at home, not even to my closest friends. You are the only one who knows who I like. (laughs) Today at noon, all of my friends and I were going out the door to go outside. I looked up and saw, amidst the blare of the sun, (laughs) up on a hill, alone, him, And he looked deep into my eyes and said, I want you, Julie Easley. (laughs) He ran down the hill. My friend stepped aside. I stood there, gazed into his deep blue eyes. He took me in his arms lovingly, and then he pushed me in a snowbank. (laughs) It was so romantic. Anyway, I was wondering, why do all the boys have this thing about hitting me in the bum? They don't hit any other girls' bums but mine. Well, I best be going now. Good night. Love from boy crazy, crossed out, Stephen crazy, Julie. February 2nd. Dear Diary, I think he likes me. Every now and then I'll catch him staring at me. I love that certain look he gives me, and only me. It's kind of a smirk. He's so sweet and so gorgeous and smells so good. Blonde hair and blue eyes. That sounds like a lot of guys I know, but he is different. I like it when we are alone and talk like best friends. Once he had to stay in at noon for detention and I was waiting for band. He asked me, he asked me out of the blue, why are you in band? I answered, because I'm different. I'm not like other girls, born to shop, talk on the phone, and hang out. I like being me, not them. He looked at me and said, huh. (laughs) And then we stared at each other, expressionless. 
The Valentine's dance is next week. I wish he told someone he liked me and that someone accidentally spilled the beans. I've decided that I'll tell him at the dance that I like the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, they aren't that bad. As he says, they're legends. Well, gotta go. Love, Julie. February 18th. Dear Diary, he's back. I was going to the classroom to get money for the sock op, and there he was. He was as gorgeous as ever. He lost weight, and now I want him even more. Lord, I wish he liked me. Also, I wish I could French kiss. <laughs> he kind of flirted with me today. At least I like to pretend. Terry and I went to the library to do our science project. While we were waiting to get on the bus, Stephen came over and talked to us. Just as they were leaving, Stephen bumped into me and said, Catch you later. God, he smells so good. <laughs> I came close to telling Terry I like Stephen today, but decided not to. I told all my friends that last summer I had a boyfriend named Tyler McBain. It was all a fake. I said he was my cousin's best friend and that Tyler and I liked to play water wrestling and also that I French kissed him. That was the only way I could say I wasn't green because I'm not. I've decided to wear something that really shows my legs in gym class. Skipping to the finale, uh, to spare the years of angst, uh, noting that this is bookmarked with a lock of his golden mullet. <laughs> I have no, no idea if he actually gave that to me or I took it. But <laughs> Dear Diary, I wonder if it's possible to die from a broken heart. For this heart has been scarred for life. My eyes are puffy, worn, and tired from long sleepless nights of crying, long sobs and salty tears, not over spilled milk, but over a lost love that never was. Why doesn't Stephen like me? Why? Is it because I have some personality and care for people? Many songs I listen to are about lost loves, but none are about lost loves that never were. I made up a speech to say to Stephen at the prom when we were dancing, I love you. <laughs> yeah, me too, sarcastically replies Stephen. No, seriously, I don't want you to remember me as just a foolish girl in your class. I want you to remember me as someone who loves you, always has and always will. You don't know how bad it hurt me when you chose Tara. So... Just remember that next time you go to break someone else's heart. I was going to walk off the dance floor and leave him standing there. I didn't do it, but I thought about it. I just have one thing left to say. I love Stephen. I always will have the dream in my heart no matter what. Love, Julie Catherine Elizabeth Easley I. Thank you. <laughs> Truly, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you're going to have to forgive my ignorance. I am from Nova Scotia. In New Brunswick, is using human hair as a bookmark a thing? Kids can be tenacious. 
And our next reader, Pat, is a great example of that. You see, when Pat was nine, she really, really wanted a bicycle. So in an effort to convince her parents to get her a bike for her birthday, Pat wrote them several short notes. And then she left those notes on her parents' bed. One note each night for 12 nights. Number one, there's 12 of them. Number one, dear mom, I'm going to write you until I get a bicycle. Again, I'm asking you for a bike, and I'm going to write a letter every night until I have no paper left. I'll draw some more pictures, P-I-T-C-H-E-R-S. Yours truly, Patsy. P.S. I don't expect a brand new bike. I expect a second-hand one. (laughs) Dear Mom, number two, please get me a bike. I love you, Patsy. (laughs) Number three, dear Dad... Please get me a bike if mom doesn't. I love you at all times. I won't go on the main street, and I won't ride it on Sunday. I'll do do everything you ask me to. Yours truly, Patsy. Number four. Dear mom, the thing I want best is a bicycle. You know that if you love me, you will get me one. I want many other things, but I want a bicycle worse than anything. Please, Mom, get me one for my birthday. I love you. Your daughter, Patsy. (laughs) Number five. Dear Mom, I colored this picture for you. I love you, and I trust that you will get me a bike. (laughs) Number six. Dear Mom, I am hopping and praying for a bike. Please put an ad in the paper for a bike. Yours truly, Patsy. And here's an ad. The newspaper, wanted, girl's bicycle. Phone, Aroostook, 8113. Number seven, dear mom, I love you and I want a bike. Patsy. Number eight, put hate if you hate me. Put love if you love me. If you put love, you will get me a bicycle. Maybe. Patsy, XXXXXOOOOOOXXOOOO. Number nine, I love you both. Mom and Dad, all chip in and get me a bicycle. Number 10, dear mom, please get me that bike. I promise to be good, and when I get it, I will not ride it on Sunday, and I will never lend it. I'll be good. Your baby, Patsy. (laughs) Number 11, dear mom, I'm sorry about tonight, and I hope you give me one more chance, and you'll see I'll be a whole lot better. Please get me a bike. Your baby, Patsy. The last note, number 12. Dear Mom, please forgive me and still get me a bicycle. I'll never do it again. Please bring my bed downstairs and please get me a bike. I still love you, yours truly, Patsy.
In case you were wondering, yes, Pat did get a bike. Music is one of the most powerful cultural touchstones we have as human beings. And part of that, I think, is music's ability to transport us back in time, to help us instantly reconnect with the past. It's why so many adults still love the music that they first discovered back in high school. Our next reader, Ryan, brought something he wrote the summer between grades 9 and 10. He had a summer job working as a dishwasher at a local restaurant and he was super into music. Please welcome Ryan to our stage. A quick heads up, Ryan uses a cuss word, which we do not bleep. Thank you. Uh, as a result of that job, I would stay up really, really late at night and I would write emails to myself. My email address at the time was ryanrocks underscore 1616 at hotmail.com. And uh, in the interest of authenticity, I will read one of these email slash diary entries to you. Today, I started my first shift at work again. Nothing too special. I listened to the Raconteurs, Be Here Now by Oasis, and Pinkerton by Weezer. A year ago tomorrow was the Raconteurs show at the Cool House. What fond memories. That was really an important moment for me. My first general admission show. (laughs) Being in a club like that, all alone, no adults. People drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and lighting joints and singing and clapping and dancing and pushing and shoving up against each other. And there's Jack White, oh so close. He's right there, right over there. That's him. And oh, baby, I can certainly see where he gets the last name from. (laughs) Still to this day, to this hour, to this moment, I get goosebumps when I hear those songs. Can't quite explain why. Can't quite explain why the other two albums I listened to today affected me the way they do either. Be Here Now is so last summer. My experimentations with drugs and booze and partying, I uh, got drunk and smoked weed one time each that summer. (laughs) Living that rock star life for two months. Being stressed about love and the future and all that jazz. I think that's why the music touches me so. Maybe they're just rockin' tunes. But Pinkerton, I'll never understand that CD. It's the most important musical recording I've ever heard. I'm scared to listen to it. I don't want to ruin it. It's too fucking sacred to me. These songs, they give me chills. I can't even describe the effect they have on me. I don't understand why. I don't know what they remind me of. I know they stir up memories of summer, working at the Bateses, and something with Sydney. I forget what. But I think that's all just because that was what was happening when I first bought it, and first heard it, and first loved it. But now when I hear it, it stirs up something deeper. 
My insecurities, maybe? I don't know. Maybe I'm better off not knowing. Today, walking home, something interesting happened. I was reminiscing on all those summer nights walking home last year. I love the nighttime in the summer. It calms me, soothes my soul. It really does. Tonight was the first time I was able to experience that again, and I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it as much as ever, or maybe more, since I hadn't enjoyed it in so long. But then I heard strange noises. I thought I saw someone in the bushes. I became very paranoid, and I got scared. I was scared. I shouldn't have been scared. I certainly didn't have a reason to be, but I was. I've never been scared walking home before. It has always, always comforted me. I've never felt more at peace than I do when I walk home, when I spend those 25 or 27 or 34 minutes, <laughs> depending how fast I walk or how tired I am. And I think and I reflect and I am totally and entirely and as Gord Downey would say, fully and completely at ease. But That was in there, yeah. But today, I was scared. If I can't achieve that peace anymore, what will happen to my sanity? Thank you. One of my favorite kinds of kid writing is letters. And our next reader, Bonnie, brought a very specific type of letter. You see, when she was about to turn 17, Bonnie wrote a letter to herself 10 years in the future. Live on stage in Fredericton, here's Bonnie. Dear 27, in a few more weeks, I'm going to be 17. A while back, that was a terrifying thought. But I've become resigned to the fact, and since there's only one way to prevent myself from becoming 17, I think I'd rather just suffer it out. <laughs> I wonder what you're doing. Are you still in school, or did you drop your standards altogether and get married? <laughs> Leaving poor Jen alone and defenseless, ha ha. What field are you in? Paleontology? Primatology? Anthropology, maybe? Did you decide to become a vet after all? Are you doing anything at all with your beloved horses? Do you still regard horses in such godlike reverence? Are you yet keeping up your vigil against men? Remember when I was 11? Remember Ronnie, Serge, Peter, Wade, and Blaine? Who has been in and out of your life since then? If only you could come back to me and tell me all this now. But then, that would take all the sweet tang of anticipation out of life. <laughs> How many of your dreams have come true? I hope you haven't given up dreaming. What has become of the world? Do you have lots of friends in the forests? Your ties with the birds... Winds and trees are ties which should never be broken. Once you lose those friends, life just isn't worth living. What are your plans and goals? 
How have your ideals changed? I really hope you take time out for yourself every once in a while. Time to go back to our world for a while. How has that world changed? Oh, I have such brilliant plans of fame and fortune for you. Have they been realized? Whatever you do yet to be known 27, never stop believing in yourself or your secret world. Reach for your friends, the stars, and they'll give you a helping hand in accomplishing your dreams. <laughs> Stay friends with the wind and the water and the wood and those who live there too, and you'll always be happy. Yours forever, sweet 16 going on 17. And remember, no relationship with someone of the male species is forever, so don't get too hung up on anyone. They're all maggots. <laughs> When our next reader, Shannon, was 16 years old, she decided to make a list of the very best things that had happened to her that year. The year was 1992. So we're going to hear a list of the best things that happened to Shannon in 1992 and some of the goals that she set for herself for the next year, 1993. Please welcome Shannon to the Grown Up Three Things They Wrote As Kids stage. Great things that happened in 1992. Number one, going skiing last Christmas vacation with Angela. Number two, that time Tyler and Mark M brought the vodka over and let me drink and I spilled apple juice all over Mark. <laughs> Number three, my birthday when we dressed up in clothes from Frenchies and went to Market Square. <laughs> Number four, Tyler's party. Number five, my first St. John High dance and Jason's party where he had stuffed birds. Number six, May 30th, the St. John High dance where I met Mark K. And then Tyler and Mark M. had to rescue me from the cops because I drank too much. And then we went to the wharf and I made fun of a fisherman and almost fell in the water. <laughs> Number seven, Emily's birthday where we watched the zombie movie and then we went to the wharf and stole a fishing boat. Number eight, when we went to the boardwalk, went to the nature park, went to the wharf, broke into the United Church, and Mark K. asked me out. Number nine, Shauna's party. Number 10, the whole summer, dancing the hokey pokey in front of the museum, drinking coolers, putting pizza in a mailbox. Wrapping toilet paper around a bus stop sign. Getting caught by the cops trying to climb under the Reversing Falls Bridge. Etc. I, I did cut some of this out, actually. <laughs> Number 11. The church youth group retreat in Halifax.
Number 12, going to Miss Peck Beach with Mark at midnight. Number 13, going to the exhibition and going on the zipper. Being with Mark when he wasn't acting like a jerk. Number 14, cuffing class to hang out with Mark at his house and then listening to the Tragically Hip. <laughs> Number 15, going to see Barney Bentz Hall with people from university, dancing around, acting foolish. Number 16, going to St. Stephen, drinking, meeting all those people, getting stuck in a gravel pit. Making fun of a guy named Dick. <laughs> Putting graffiti all over the gate. Number 17, the night we met Darren and Phil. Number 18, going to the St. John High dance, getting in for free by flirting with a guy at the door. <laughs> Dancing with Mark, even though we broke up, and hanging out with really cool people in the bathroom. Number 19, watching the movie The Shining and then writing red rum in lipstick all over the windows at the Delta Hotel. <laughs> Number 20, Halloween, going trick-or-treating. <laughs> getting egged by Tyler and his friends, getting them back by squirting them with soy sauce, <laughs> filling the car with gas from the lawnmower, <laughs> and taking it to go egg Mark's house. Things I hope will happen this year. Number one, that my summer will be as good, if not better, than the last one. Number two, that I can go to social events, not drink, and actually have fun. Number three, that I can do good enough next semester to get honors. Number four, that I stop acting like such a snob and maybe people will like me better. Number five, that I get a summer job that doesn't suck, pays good, and doesn't have bad hours so I can still have fun. Number six, that I will have at least one boyfriend this year and that he will treat me better than the last one did and that we'll be together for quite a while, but not so long that we get super serious about each other. <laughs> Four to six months is good. Thank you. Very little of that was wholesome. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Charlotte Street Arts Center in Fredericton and produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. And our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. Now that you've heard Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids, why not watch too? Just search for grown-ups read things they wrote as kids on Facebook and then like our page. That way, our daily videos will show up in your feed. Again, just search for grown-ups read things they wrote as kids on Facebook and like our page. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.
And then he pushed me in a snowbank. It was so romantic. <laughs> <laughs>